0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, where we talk all things winter maintenance. I'm Rick Nelson, Ashton's PSYCOP Coordinator, and I want to take a minute to recognize all the state DOTs who support the PSYCOP Technical Service Program through their voluntary contributions each and every year. It's those contributions that support our technical service program and products like this podcast. In our last podcast, we discussed The 11 Things Necessary for a World-Class Winter Maintenance Program. In today's podcast, we're going to drill down into one of those top 11 items, the budget. A world-class winter maintenance program isn't anything without resources. And when I say resources, I mean the budget for winter maintenance. Providing winter maintenance isn't cheap. The icing materials are costly. It takes a lot of labor to operate a 24-hour response. Specialized equipment is very expensive with long lead delivery times. For example, the Minnesota DOT spent $94 million during the winter of 2015-16, and the Colorado DOT expended $78 million on their winter maintenance program. Now, these states have a significant winter maintenance program, but for states farther south, the commitment to providing mobility during all weather is just as important and probably harder to plan and budget for. Leadership in public works and its state DOTs are facing more and more difficult decisions regarding the competing interests for budget dollars, which includes providing winter service. One of the things that makes budgeting for winter so hard is trying to second-guess Mother Nature. How many times have you heard, I remember when it used to snow so much you had to come and go through the second-story window, or we never got this much snow in the past, or that you used to be able to play golf all winter long. There's probably a story in there somewhere about walking 10 miles to school in the snow, uphill both ways too, but nevertheless, it's difficult to sort out what are seasonal variations versus long-term trends. There's no doubt there are regions in the nation where seeing winter weather more often than ever before, and motorists are less and less understanding of disruptions to their ability to go anywhere, anytime. In a 2015 survey we conducted as part of the National Winter Maintenance Beer Exchange, we asked the participants about budget impacts to the winter maintenance operations over the past five years. We had over 80 folks respond and 27% of them said that they had to significantly modify their winter operations due to budget limitations. 70% of them said that during the past five years, the budget didn't impact their winter operations but winter operations did impact their other maintenance activities. At the end of the day, rarely has anyone reduced service. But what does happen is the rest of the maintenance program suffers at the expense of winter. Winter always wins. So if you can optimize your winter program, you'll have more budget for other maintenance activities. So here are 10 things to consider when thinking about winter service and the budget. Here's number one. Budget requires long-term thinking. When it comes to the weather, the only constant is change. Some areas are getting worse winters than they've seen in the past and others not so much. Ask yourself, do I need to increase the capacity of my stockpiles or develop new stockpile locations to improve efficiency? These are things that don't happen overnight and it takes time to plan, design, and develop. The same goes for your equipment fleet. Do you need dedicated pieces of equipment Are there opportunities to right-size the composition of my fleet? Do I need equipment with higher capacity to move more snow or ice, or can I get away with smaller equipment? Will multifunction equipment meet my needs for both summer and winter? Long-term thinking is necessary to develop those long-term plans for the winters you'll likely be facing in the future. Number two, think efficiency and effectiveness. Everyone wants to be efficient, but remember, Efficiency is doing things right, but being effective is doing the right thing. Making your operation more efficient can help stretch your winter maintenance dollar, but being effective can keep those dollars in the account. What I mean is this. If you're efficient in placing 250 pounds of salt on the road, you could stretch your stockpiles, but if the road temperatures are on the rise at the end of the storm, conditions are such that you don't need to put material down at all, well, that's money in the bank. Good forecasts you can trust, data about road conditions, and snow plans with levels of service targets that you can aim for can help you be more effective. These are things that we'll talk about in future podcasts. Number three, measured response. When you think about being efficient, you almost always have to think about measuring your response to meet the conditions of your storm event. If you treat every storm with the same massive response, you could be wasting resource. Again, having good, reliable forecasts that you can trust go a long way to tailoring the response to the storm event. I remember those driving commercials about fuel economy. If you avoid those jackrabbit starts and stops and be smooth in acceleration and deceleration, you can get better fuel economy. Well, the same goes for your winter maintenance program. Number four, add some new tools to your toolbox. Developing some new tools for winter storm response can help in effectively responding to a winter event. My dad used to say, if the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer, then all your problems look like nails. Well, we all know there's different kinds of storms. Some come in warm and wet, others cold and dry, they turn cold or wet, sometimes with wind or without. Maybe it's freezing rain. So why would you think that one response would fit all of those different weather storms? Developing some new tools doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Maybe it's a few mods to some equipment to start using brine for pre-wetting or to retrofit a water truck to apply liquids. You could add more brine to your solids and have a slurry program. Just because you've always done it that way, doesn't mean that's how you always have to do it. Number five, equipment flexibility. One thing that seems universal is that there's never enough money for equipment. Multifunctional pieces of equipment can provide good value during winter events by leveraging your core equipment fleet. Small blades on pickup trucks could be beneficial for light storms. Putting a straight plow blade on a loader could help in congested areas. Universal plow mounts can help swap trucks into uh, snowplow rotation. Tow plows, detachable snowplow heads for loaders, slide-in hoppers, or tailgate spreaders can establish a good fleet for winter service without uh, dedicating equipment for winter use only. Number six, comprehensive training for winter operations. Being effective means doing things right, and a comprehensive training program is a good start down that path. Lots of agencies have to rely on seasonal employees during the winter or even contractors to either supplement their own forces or as the sole response to winter events. Training on the proper use of equipment, calibration, the use of snow fighting materials is essential to be effective. Not always is on the job training the best way to approach your winter operations. It could just be perpetuating bad habits from one generation of snow fighter to the next. Learning the right way to use all the tools in your toolbox is an important step in managing the budget. Number seven, management support. I can't say enough about having management support for an effective and efficient winter maintenance program. Making changes to your program has some inherent risk. Things happen and management has to be committed to change and have your back. Here's an example. If every time my truck leaves the barn, my sander's on, and I'm putting 500 pounds of salt per mile down, and my roads are clear, why risk getting yelled at by dialing it back to 200 pounds a mile? What I'm doing works. Management has to support and encourage making change, and one negative comment, even in an offhand way, can destroy all the training and encouragement from supervisors. Number eight, asset management. A good asset management system is vital in managing the winter budget. Knowing how much resource you consume during a winter event is an important first step to understanding how your response to winter events is working. Fuel, sand, salt, brines, special products are all consumables that you have to expend to achieve a certain result. Being able to say this much resource gets me this result is a big step in managing those limited resources. You can't manage what you don't measure. Number nine, management plans. Having a good snow management plan is an important step towards consistently responding to winter events. Establishing the how, what, when, and where you will attack a winter event is critical to being able to predict what you'll need and resources for future winters. Having a defined winter result or level of service is important so you're not always aiming at a moving target. Last but not least, number 10, performance metrics. There are many, many performance metrics out there, and it doesn't really matter which ones you use so long as they tie back to what's important to your agency's leadership. Performance metrics should be able to help you answer the question, if I expend this amount of resource, you'll see this result. Of course, management will say, you have this much resource and they want this level of performance. But having performance metrics can help guide you through those questions about optimizing your use of resources and achieving levels of service. So there are the 10 things to consider when managing your budget. I'm sure there's probably others. But as you think about them, remember, you can reach out to your peers in the winter maintenance community through PSYCOP's Snow and Ice Listserve. Anyone can use the listserv. It's easy as writing an email and hitting send. For more information on the Snow and Ice serve, head over to the PSYCOP website at psycop.transportation.org and follow the breadcrumbs to the Snow and Ice serve and sign up. So until next time, thanks for listening as PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops.